welcome to Country Music Matters. My name is Michael Rowe Goodman, and uh, we're here today with Brian Lynn Jones, Howdy. aka Joe Diffie. I yeah, mean, you, you get boy, that I'm a lot, getting, don't well, you? No, I have never gotten that, but I, I can never. see. I can see it now that I'm getting bigger. Really? I was like, man, you totally got the Joe Diffie. <laughs> nah, I, I, well, you got the hair. You got the short hair on top. I, I hear a lot of people, and this cracks me up when I'm in, in Texas. They're like, "Oh, you look like Blake Shelton." I'm like, "I do not look like Blake Shelton." I don't see that. It's the hair. It's, I guess yeah. the hair. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, but um, yeah, no, I was I was, I was, I was, I was like Joe Diffie, Joe Diffie. <laughs> Although I like Joe Diffie, I love some Joe Diffie. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> I well, I don't know, he's blonde. Maybe that's why I didn't think about it. <laughs> but, oh yeah, he's pretty blonde. Yeah. yeah, he's a killer singer though. Absolutely. Joe Diffie's like maybe one of the most underrated. And I think he's out playing again. Isn't he's he? still touring. Yeah, yeah okay. I see. I see stuff yeah. where he's touring. I think I follow him on Instagram, and I see stuff okay. he posts. He's like playing, mm-hmm. playing the Opry and playing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's, it's good. That he is because he's a killer singer. So one thing I like about living in Texas, though, too, is that everybody that I grew up with loving mm-hmm. play there a lot. They play there so a lot. like almost any given night, I can go out. And find somebody I wanted to see playing yeah. in a little bar. Right. And they're so approachable. It's not like LA. I mean, you can just walk up to people and they're like, oh, hi, how you doing? Here, but, you know, the, the, I guess when they're here, they kind of get into the LA mentality of what do you want from me, that kind of thing, you know, they're, they're kind of standoffish. They're probably, yeah, they probably think that people are yeah. after something. Or Texas, something. Yeah. everybody, oh, hi, how you doing? Yeah. You know, Billy Joe Shaver, well, Billy Joe Shaver's Billy Joe Shaver. He's freaking he'll, Billy Joe Shaver. Yeah. He'll just, say hi to anybody he's anytime. Just, he's just his own kind of guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with Billy Joe Shaver, just what an interesting character that guy. Stories, stories, stories. Yeah, it's the stories Crazy. of that guy. Yeah, and he's, he didn't he uh, he like lost one of his couple. He's like missing fingers or because he like <laughs> yeah, his uh, his uh, t-shirt. Uh, here's yeah. a t-shirt that has well, it's a print. <laughs> just yeah, this. just this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Couldn't true. quite get myself to buy that one. I yeah. was like, oh, mm-hmm. I love it, but a little little tacky. A little, little more, a little more, a little more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you. Uh, Brian, you grew up in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. just like those Okies, just like, uh, you know, uh, oh, there's tons Garth of and Reba. And, and Garth uh, and Reba, I used to go see Garth play in uh, little little restaurants uh, just doing solo acts. Really? Yeah, he was uh, long hair and a beard, and uh, he was still in college, and I was uh, 16, and my band had been playing in nightclubs already. I, I, I had to get, my principal had to sign my paper. And uh, my mom had to sign a paper saying to the club owner that it was okay for me to play in these bars. Yeah. And uh, by the time I was, uh, well, I was 18, I think my band, and it wasn't a country band at that time, it was a rock band, yeah. but uh, my, uh, my uh, band got voted uh, number one band in the state a couple of years in a row by this nice. local rock magazine yeah. which I don't know what the credibility to that is but it was nice yeah and when you're that young you're kind of cocky you yeah. Know? yeah yeah you and little, then you go yeah. you know in your days off you go see other, see other people play and that's where I would see Garth play yeah. every now and then and um, I didn't realize until years later when I had moved to California um, I had heard this song The Dance and they were making a big deal about it and I'm like yeah it's a great song and by Garth Brooks I'm like that name sounds familiar yeah. So I went to the uh, record store at that time, and um, I went and found the Garth Brooks album, and I'm like, "Oh my God, it's that bouncer that from the club," because yeah. he was also a bouncer at one of the clubs I played at. Yeah. It's the bouncer from the club, without a beard and long hair. Mm. 
And like, holy crap. And I bought the album and it was great. I was like, I watched every song yeah. it was was great. And of course this was before he turned into Billy Joel Jr. Yeah. You know, way, yeah. way back in the day. You bought the album and you went, Oh my god, this is Chris Gaines. Long haired fella. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it was like a rock and roll guy. He's a country guy. <laughs> to my credit, I yeah. never went that far and bought yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that's uh, funny. Uh <laughs> You recognize them like that, yeah. That that's a, that's a killer story. I mean, it's just a small world, you know. Oh, all, you know, all the time, all the place. Yeah. And then, so you moved to California mm-hmm. thirty something years ago. Yeah. To play play country music. Well, I moved out here with a rock or, band. Really, really rock band. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, the reason I started playing rock was basically my family wanted me to play country, and I uh, you just you rebelled. can't do what your yeah you can't right. do what your family wants you to do yeah. And then I got out here and went oh, I'd been writing all these songs. I'm like oh I. These aren't really rock songs. I'm like, I should probably go back to doing what I actually really like. It's like your roots get yeah, up with you. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I, I kind of just started putting together something, and um, uh, I had I didn't really have a country band because I didn't know that much about the country scene in California, and uh, so I named my band the Misfit Cowboys because I I didn't think I'd find any real cowboys around, you know, mm-hmm. that were playing, and that, and that was before I got to got to know everybody around here and stuff but I ended up with you know like uh, uh, guys that played surf and mm-hmm. ska and punk and all kinds of stuff playing on my album yeah. but they, they did a great job um, one of the songs uh, like three of the songs I think I used were from uh, Michael Monarch uh, he was the original guitar player in uh, Steppenwolf oh. and uh so like when you hear Magic Carpet ride and all that stuff, he's a kid doing feedback and all yeah. that crap on there. And he was, yeah. he was 16 at the time when he was in uh, uh, Steppenwolf. And um, but if, what had happened was a, a, a drummer I was playing with at the time in my rock band said, "Hey, come check me out in L.A. Where I'm playing in uh, with this country band with this girl." I'm like, "Okay." So I went and saw him. And the songs are really good. I wasn't impressed with the players or anything, yeah. but the guitar player was really good, yeah. and that was Michael. And so my drummer introduced me to him, and uh, uh, I, I said, man, your songs are, you know, you're a good writer for country mm-hmm. stuff. And I said, you know, maybe you want to check out some of mine. And So we kind of got together and threw some stuff back and forth and recorded some things, and he wanted, nice. to, hear, he wanted to hear a male voice on his songs, because he had a female singer in his band, and she was good, but uh, he just wanted to hear a, a male yeah. twist on it. Oh, so gosh. I went to his studio, and we, uh, and he helped me finish off a couple of songs that I had, and um, and I said, hey, do you mind if I use this one and this one when I finally get around to recording? And um, and as I'm there at his house, I mean, the whole time I'm like sitting there just kind of looking around the walls and I see all these gold albums and stuff and I'm like, what uh, <laughs> right. What what else have you done? <laughs> yeah, right. And he goes, nothing. He goes, nothing you'd know of. He goes, you're too young. And I'm like, well, give me a shot. I mean, yeah. I, I listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he goes, ah, I was in this band called Steppenwolf a long time ago. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> what are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, um, that was cool. And then I keep looking around and there's like Janis Joplin albums and he played on her albums and stuff. And, yeah. and uh, wow. um, I, I finally said, well, is there, is there anything else that you've done? And he goes, yeah, he goes, there's one more thing. But he, he goes, you, you had never heard of this band. And I'm like, mm, come on, brother. Yeah. He's like, well, in the 70s, uh, I was in this band called Detective. And I'm like, oh, you're going to love this. I said, I saw you open for Kiss in 1977 in Oklahoma. Wow. And I said, 
you guys were awful. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's why we're not together. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, but we became great friends after that. And, uh, and he's, you know, he, he's out playing with a band called world classic rockers, which it's a revolving band of musicians from bands in the sixties and seventies that had hits and they just kind of, whoever's available to play bass right. or guitar or keys or whatever or sing or you know sometimes they have Toto's singer and sometimes mm-hmm. they have you know guys from Quiet Riot or whoever playing with them yeah. yeah so it's kind of interesting if you ever hear of the world classic rockers it's always kind of fun to see them that's cool so, yeah that's it's, it's like it's, that's kind of that's the same way I did when I was young mm-hmm. when because um, from the time you know from the time I was born I grew up backstage the Opry with with my family and and uh, of course you know Bill Monroe's my godfather and so I didn't know I didn't know that yeah well that's, wow. that's where I get my middle name from well here let me Monroe. interview you <laughs> and so uh, but we, but you know I grew up around that and of course I didn't have any clue what I was growing up around I was right. to me it was just like well that's family. Uncle Bill you know like that and uh, and my dad was so adamant uh, from the time I was born he wanted me to be like the best bluegrass musician. It ever was so they like paid for me to have fiddle lessons when I was like three and four years old and my dad would like buy me right. mandolins and banjos or whatever for, for Christmas trying to get me to learn and I was like not having it I was like just not into it yeah, and I yeah, just didn't sure. want to do it and then like when I was like 15 or 16 and I had like some friends at school and we all fell in love with like Nirvana and Green Day and all that stuff and then we was like got guitars and we're like just trying to figure this out and we're like this is impossible no one can play the guitar and sing at the same time and, and all that stuff we're like trying you know trying to be cool teenager sure. and uh you know i was doing all that and me and my cousin were like writing rock songs in yeah. his garage and yeah. stuff and then it wasn't till and then it was like when i was 15 or 16 I like a girlfriend and like she was just like I wish you'd sing me like this Tim McGraw song or like this, no. or this Tracy Bird song or whatever. And I was like, I can sing that. I can sing that. I can sing a George Strait song or whatever. And, you know, and I'd sing it. And then it's like, it just clicked. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. I was just immediately like, oh, this is who I am. I'm like, I was like, That's and it's awesome. like my roots just like caught up with me. And it was right, like, right. then I started writing songs. I started writing songs when I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And, and they were just coming to me. And as I was writing, I'm like, well, I'm just a country songwriter. And I just right, didn't, right. you know, like... Here I was trying to fight it as a yep. rebellious team, but like it was so apparent. But it's something that, you gotta go it was yeah. so apparent that, yeah. that that's who I was. I right. couldn't even turn it off if I tried. You know, wow. so like had to do all that. That's yeah, awesome. And here I am now. I'm cursed. I'm cursed to be. A, <laughs> well, that's what I say. It's my curse. That's what I say. It is. Like, I got cursed to be a country music singer all life. Like why couldn't my parents said why couldn't I have hung around mutual investment bankers when I was a kid or something and been, had that rub off on me or yeah. something? You know, but, yeah. Um, but anyway, I, well, actually, when I was younger, I really I thought I was going to be a lawyer, and then I thought, "What? How many years of school? Oh yeah, no, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> that wow, that's a crazy story. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that's that's all right. my little stories. Uh, that's my background. Anyway, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Like but um, 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 so you uh, now growing up in Oklahoma, now, like mm-hmm. growing up even before when you were rebelling. And not lit, but you were around country music. Oh, it yeah. seeped into Like, what well, stuff were you listening to or your parents were listening well, to? Well, um, your bones. At that point in time, when I was when I was born, and probably for the first 12 years of my life, radio played everything. There wasn't, like, the pop station or mm. the rock station. Mm. I mean, they played Charlie Rich, and then they played... 
a Jefferson Starship, or, right. or a, not Starship, an airplane at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it was just a, it was a big uh, melange of whole everything. Yeah. So I, I got all of that. Um, and I, you know, my my family I was more country than anything. You know, right. of course, we we watched Porter Wagner show, and we always watched Buck Owens when it was just the Buck Owens show before Hee Haw, and um, uh, all that stuff. And it was I mean I was totally enthralled by Buck's suits. Oh, the the, 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 uh, the nudie suits. Oh yeah, his amazing. yes, his stuff. Yeah, uh, Porter Wagner's clothes. I was like. Oh. I gotta have some of those someday, right. you know. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with just uh, I don't know my a bit of country because it's kind of stuck in my mind. Yeah. I always like, God, someday I'm gonna be big and I'm gonna wear those kind of jackets, you right. know. Right. And um, um, but yeah, I just I, I listened to everything. And mom had told me one time that uh, uh, somebody had asked her when in my band we were coming through Dallas before I lived there and we stayed with my mom at my mom's and. They said, how long has he been singing? And she said, he sang for the minute he could open his mouth. And she goes, he would just sit in the car and just sing along to every song. And mm-hmm. she goes, he didn't know the words, but he would, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, uh, what was the original question? I forgot. <laughs> well, like, what, what, what the oh, musical influences? So, yeah, it was just, uh, it was everything. And um, yeah. uh, the preacher's, our preacher's son uh, was one of my best friends. And, uh, Good influence and bad influence. He got me in really into music, mm-hmm. and uh, turned me on to Kiss and Foreigner and all this stuff, and yeah. and, uh, and smoking pot and <laughs> things like yeah. that. And um, so anyway, um, that didn't hold though the pot part. I, I, uh, <laughs> but uh, now it just makes me go to sleep, even though there's different kinds. I know, I know. Right. But um, uh, it, I don't know. It just kind of trickled from there, and uh, I put a, a band together with my the preacher's son and we always we were like a garage band we never got out of the garage and there yeah. was another band in school yeah. that always got to play all the talent shows and always got to play all the other stuff but they played silly songs they didn't play like rock songs yeah. like heart and right. stuff like that which we were trying to play I'm sure they weren't very good but we, we were trying and they were playing stuff like uh, My Sharona by The Knack and things like that you know uh-huh. like oh well, that's not cool okay. even though I secretly did love The Knack and all yeah. his bands but I, I couldn't show that around my band because you know they, they were all rockers so, um, anyway, just so happened that one day uh, in, uh, I think it was 10th grade, no, no, 8th eighth grade, I think, we had a talent show going on at our school, and that band was playing, and their bass player couldn't make it, and, they, and I, I started off on bass, and uh, they said, can you fill in? And I said, well, I, I think so, mm-hmm. and I said, What's, what songs are you playing? We had like 15 minutes before we went on stage, wow. and I went, oh my gosh. And they're like, well, we're going to do My Sharona. And I said, okay, it's cool. I know that. And they said, and then we're going to do uh, an original. And I'm like, hmm. And I said, don't worry. Three chords. Just follow our hands. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, we're behind a big curtain, and they announced this. And we come out. And as soon as we did, all the girls started screaming. Uh-huh. And that was the minute I said, well, this is what I'm doing for the like, rest of my I life. I think I'll just hang on to this uh, playing music kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that kind of sealed that. And then... Uh, um, I mean, I, I still always listen to all kinds of music. I didn't tell all my friends all the time that, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but I, I was, I was like, I was really a huge Charlie Rich fan when I was growing oh, up, and George Charlie Jones, Rich, 
George Jones was awesome. I mean, you can't go wrong with Cash and Waylon and mm -hmm. Willie and all those guys. I would I would wake up in the middle of the night even before I started playing, and I discovered a lot of music because my, my mom was a big music fan. She took me to yeah. see Elvis five times, so I was very lucky with that. Oh, nice. But she um, she listened to a lot of music, and and I would wait till she would go to sleep, and I would get up and creep into the living room and put the headphones on on the stereo, and listen to different albums. And she mm -hmm. had Redheaded Stranger. And I would just sit there and listen, like, wow, this whole thing's like a story. It's so cool, you know. And and then I would, uh, then I listen to um, ELO, <laughs> you know. And then I listen to Eagles' Greatest Hits, which I at that they had greatest hits back then. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, which was weird because I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> Most of the guys around, anyway. I feel like I am, but uh, it was just, it was just uh, everything was just kind of. I was in awe of people that could play. I was like, yeah. And I just, I wanted to do that, so. Yeah, and then you started playing, you said you started playing bass first? Yeah, started with yeah. bass, and uh, actually I came home one day and mom had a piano in the house, and I'm like, cool. And she goes, yeah, you're gonna take lessons. And I'm like, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, if she had never said you're gonna take lessons, I probably would have You probably would have liked it, yeah. So, she wasn't happy about that, and then it got to the point where we had, band in school and she said well I want you to play an instrument and I'm like alright and so I'm, you know they'd let you go test everything before you started in school and figure out what you're best at and uh, they thought I was going to be best at trombone and uh, so my mom's deciding that I'm going to play trombone and I didn't want to but you know she's like well you know you need to be you need to do something artsy and, and, mm -hmm. and you know uh, uh, and I'm like well what what am I going to do? Join Danny Davis in the Nashville Brass? I mean, chicks don't like that, <laughs> you know? So I appeased her and played for about two years in high school band, and, and I, I, was, I wasn't good. Um, but when I tried to talk her into getting me a bass, it was no, 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 no. But my friend that was a preacher's son, his older brother was in a band, and he talked her into it and to buy me my first bass. Electric, electric bass, mm -hmm. yeah. And bought me a... Gibson G3, because oh. Gene Simmons from Kiss had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I got that, and then uh, I, 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 she was amazed because I would come straight home from school every day, go straight up to my room and practice yeah. until dinner, and then I would go back up and practice again. Nice. It, was just, it was just so awesome to put on an album and, and plug the bass in and just and play along with stuff, you know, yeah. and even if I wasn't any good, I was at least learning. You were, yeah, learning you the know? bass lines as you went. And I, I think, I, I'm not a good guitar player, I know that, but it's a lot easier for me to play guitar than, than sing, than mm -hmm. play bass and sing a lot of time. So that's why I switched over to guitar when I started doing country. And, uh, but at least after playing bass for so many years, I, I'm pretty decent at rhythm. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. So. Now, when you play, because uh, I'm going to come out, because I have yet to get to come out and see you play when you're mm -hmm. here in town, and I'm going to come out tomorrow night, because oh, I'm awesome. free tomorrow night, I'm going to come down cool. and check you out. What kind of stuff do you love playing with your band when you're, when you're, when you're playing? Well, um... And does it, I mean, it might change when you're playing, like, Cowboy Country as opposed to you're playing different places in Texas, but, like, what? No, you know what? Not that different? No. It probably would have been had I had adhered to what Texas thought mm-hmm it's it is um because we got there and, and when we started playing these clubs and we noticed that everybody liked it but everybody go well you guys don't play the same thing everybody else does mm -hmm. and i'm like well 
why should we? Yeah. Do you want the same songs every week and the same band? I mean, right. and they're like, well, no, but you know, they all play the same stuff. And I'm like, we don't, and we're not going to either. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, and I, I've always, I, I don't know. It just seems to me like I'm, everybody try, I, tries to be so current and I've made a very conscious effort to keep real country mm-hmm. as my staple during the whole night for the most part. Yeah. And just because I I love the old stuff and, and the new stuff, radio wise, it's it's just not country. I yeah, mean, I mean it is what it is, and that's fine. Right. People like it, but it's it's just not. Country. It's not country. Yeah. yeah. So, but we uh we we I, yeah I don't really change very much. I mean, mm-hmm. if I know we're going somewhere where I know some people that are there really like a song, mm-hmm. if I can remember it in my head, I'll put that in a set list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I changed very much for that. Okay. Um, I, I had, I have picked up uh, a few more waltzes because <laughs> yeah. they do a lot of waltzing out there, um, and some shuffles and stuff. But um, for the most part, not not so much. That's cool. Yeah. I do a lot of waltzes and shuffles yeah. here, and yeah, I love shuffles are one of my favorites to play and right. and, and, and do like that. Um, but yeah, uh, like what what. what uh, uh, cover like what uh, not cover song but like what cover artist do you cover well I mean, we yeah. do everything from George Jones and George Strait of course uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Paycheck nice. um, Willie Whalen um, if I had keyboards still we would do some Charlie Rich of course yeah um, I don't know gosh there's, there's so many I, I there, there was a time when I first put the band together, I, I had st- stolen my country band from another guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I didn't think it was a very good singer, <laughs> and they didn't either. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was kind of an easy steal. But um, they, uh, they had a big catalog of songs and several more new ones than I would have ever picked. But I mm-hmm. thought, well, we're going to keep them working. I'll learn their songs, and then we'll slowly weed these out and get mine and that I like and start doing originals and stuff like that. And um, so there was a point in time with that band, because we were together for about 10 years, and that was it was a six-piece band, and we played everywhere as a six-piece pretty much. And we had over 400 cover songs. Nice. We could play three, four nights in a row and never repeat, That's which good. was awesome yeah that's that makes it a lot and that just made me yeah you know ecstatic nowadays uh with all the changes that have gone and people have passed and uh, got married and had kids or whatever and um you know we had to whittle it down to a core group of songs that Mm -hmm. you give everybody i mean i've I've been in dallas for three years and we've been through 32 drummers 32 drummers holy moly here it's easy to find a drummer that I, I, we've had a nightmare finding drummers. We just had ones that could do it, that could play it, or just would show up. Or, or there's there's been well, there's been some alcohol problems. Oh, <laughs> there's so, been so like personal issues. Yeah, more, more like been some wife problems, but a lot of it's tempo. A lot of guys cannot stay steady. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a bass player for most of my life, I hear when people are doing this. You know, mm-hmm. up and down, and I mean, I, all I ask is that you keep it steady. Mm-hmm. And I get it when you get a little excited, and we all right. do. We all do, right. but for the most part, let's you know, that's your job. Yeah, so. that's for me. It's like for it took when I'm you know, being from Kentucky, and in Kentucky, and and living in Nashville and stuff mm-hmm. like, 
I could put a band together and get like a bass player and a drummer and like they knew the, the sure. rhythm. They knew the country rhythms. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, they're going to play a George Strait and they're going right. to play a Ray Price shuffle. Right. And it's going it, to, or they're going to play a Buck Owen shuffle. Right. And it's going to have that groove. And when I got to <laughs> California, it, it, it's like a little bit harder. It's like a lot of great drummers sure. out here, a lot of great musicians. Right. But I'd find someone like, oh, this guy's a great drummer. And I'd bring him in. He would be a great drummer, but he wouldn't understand right. the right. grooves right. of country. And I'd be like, he is a good drummer, but it's like he doesn't understand the subtleties right, right. of country. And like a lot of people, I hear a lot of people, uh, drummers especially, uh, or ba- I heard bass players too, like trivialize like country. Like, oh yeah, of course. Oh, well, I just play yeah. that. That's yeah, yeah. nothing. That's just one five, or that's just straight beats or whatever. And um, it's um, it's uh, couldn't be further from the truth because there's such no, subtleties. Right, I know. It. And and when and for me. When it's when it's not when I don't got a drummer and a bass player that are locked in with the subtleties, mm-hmm. it's like just driving uphill the whole night. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just sitting there, just like plowing through. You're right. And yep. it's just like it almost takes all the fun out of it. It's just like I, it's like I, it's like every all the rhythm of my body is just like fighting against me. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I agree. But when it's locked in, it's just like oh. Just, Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're you're not, like, nothing no, to no. think about. No, yeah, no you're worries. You're not gonna think about it. Just you feel yeah. it. And, and flow right along. That's you know that's that was been kind of a, a you know a thorn in my side since we got to Dallas because being through so many drummers, uh, it is always in the back of my mind. You know, mm-hmm. well, wow, what's going to happen back there behind me? You know, is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there was a couple that came along that were okay, and then they like one of them got a job in Michigan, mm-hmm. had to go to Michigan, yeah. and um, uh, so it, it, it's just. I don't know. It was crazy, but now yeah. we, we we found a kid that um, he's doing a pretty good job right now. Yeah. So he's been with us the longest. So we'll see what happens. That's good. I hope thirty three isn't on the horizon. Some thirty two is a lucky number. Yeah, you can hang on that. So um so but then you come back out when you come back out here mm-hmm. uh, California, you've got just a pool of guys you played with out yes, here. That you yes. just pull them together and y'all yeah go out and do they they know the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh there's definitely a handful of them and. Uh, this time, actually, uh, my bassist couldn't make it. Uh, he he had moved with me from California out to Dallas, and uh, um, he recently bought a house. So uh, he picked up kind of a part-time job back there, and it was mm-hmm. easier for him just to stay there. And we're playing Las Vegas next week, so he's going to fly to Vegas and, and do that gig. But it's more money than yeah, than here. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I got uh, one of my actually one of my old guitar players is going to be playing bass with us this week and has played he played last night he did a great job yeah and then of course uh bob gothra on guitar which you know bob i'm sure don't you i don't know bob oh what no bob uh, what's his name bob, bob gother no i'm anxious here oh yeah he's my oh, he's, he's my he's my my favorite country player right oh here. cool oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I might you know what i might know if i see him i might recognize yeah, yeah. his face I know feeling. but yeah. just not realize i know his name yeah great player um but yeah and then who's playing bass uh anthony king Anthony King, I've heard that name. Yeah, he played guitar with us for several years, and okay. then, uh, but uh, I called him up and said, "Hey, you want to play bass? Since Tommy can't make it, and he said, sure." Cool. And he did a great job last night. Yeah. Right. I can't wait to hear you all tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, we'll be impressed. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Everybody loves you. As soon as I moved out here, everybody uh, talks like, "Oh, Brian Lynn Jones, come town." You know, I was like. And they're like, oh, you got to hear him. He's great. And I was like, oh, he must be. Everybody gets all worked up every time he comes into town. Like, that's good. Well, yeah. It could be worse. It could be, oh, shit. He's coming like, back. Oh, Brian's coming to town. 
Yeah, everybody get out of town. I'm sure there's a few that are like that. <laughs> no, I'm sure everybody's got their uh, everybody's got their likes and, and dislikes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, with with country music and it, I mean, like you love. We, I, I said something about me and you talk about like Waylon. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Waylon. Okay. Because you love Waylon. I do. I love Waylon. What I is do. it you love? What is it you love? What is it about Waylon Jennings that just like or things about that just like drove it home for you? Uh, the deep baritone voice for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I'd probably say the first song I can clearly remember from him would be "Only Daddy That'll Walk the Line." Yeah, you know, I remember that riding in the car and hearing that a lot, and that and Amanda, mm-hmm. um, and just. Uh, a lot of his songs are very rebellious, you know, and I and I I, I kind of enjoyed that, and uh, I don't know, he just had just just such a cool persona. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like anything really bothered him. No, he just seemed, he just seemed like a, just a laid back guy. From, yeah. Uh, have you read his his book? I have not. No. You gotta read. I've read I've read his book and uh, and uh, it's amazing. It just he's just so just like kind of it was never really about stars in his eyes I mean, like mm-hmm. he just really loved music he was trying to right. and play and he's very uh, and it's 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 funny because like a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of his hits he didn't like like other stories about like some guy had brought him uh, was it um, yeah Luke and Bob he, he hated right. really? it really he didn't like it when he brought it to him because the guy brought it. It's like Waylon and Willie is like he's new. It was like cliche, right? And he's like he's like he didn't like the song for whatever reason. He so he didn't like the song. He's and he said I didn't like the song, but I knew I had to record it. Like because yeah, well, he knew because it was like the way it was written, right? And uh, he didn't he didn't know it'd be as big a his it was. But he like he was kind of like Ugh, I don't want to do this because it's yeah. a little. I don't, maybe he thought it was like a little too on the head, too on the nose or something yeah. like that. Maybe. But yeah, because because I think Waylon really loved doing those those songs that were like a little you left know, to center too. Yeah, left to center like like MacArthur right. Park. He liked doing right, those. Right. He really liked doing the you know like Rose and Paradise. Those yeah. songs yeah. that were kind of like weren't trying to be a, a, a mainstream pop hit. Right. They were just yeah. like songs that just had a really great uh, melody line or a yeah. really good story or something like that. He he yeah. really he really pushed himself. You can tell he loved doing those. Things. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely. had the hits. But like I think, from what I can tell, he really enjoyed those other songs okay. so much more. Yeah, um, I just I, I don't know. He was just and he looked cool. And he's a cool guy. Yeah, he just, he just looked, looked like cool a badass, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that was uh, they were all really good selling points in my yeah in my book. And he, I wanted I wanted to go when I was in um, of course I've seen his grave in mm-hmm. Mesa Mesa Arizona uh, when I was out there I was doing some doing some work out in Arizona one mm-hmm. winter. And I wanted to look, because I was reading the book at the time, I think, and yeah. I wanted to look up JD's. That was like the place he played. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know this, back, this is about, I guess, I guess 60s, 50s or 60s. Yeah. Um, you know, he was playing, <coughs> playing his place in this, like, this guy, uh, I guess the name was JD, yeah. but, who uh, loved him and thought he was great and said, I'm going to build this club right. for you. Um, want to have you be the house band and he built built this two story club in Phoenix right uh, called JD's and it had like I think the top floor was like a little bit more uh, a mix of stuff but then the bottom was was Waylon or I might mm-hmm. have that crisscross but either right, way right. one stage was Waylon his band they played there every night of the week and just like it drew such a big crowd and I think I can't remember how many years Waylon 
was doing that, and he was even he was still doing that when he was starting to get singles and stuff, right? And, and attention from Marcy and all that stuff, and he just like played those club that club, like six or seven nights a week, and that was just like his house gig, right? And that's where he got, and that's where he also got when he was playing that club. There was a a, a fan a, a fan of his, of his music that that was friends with him or whatever, and he's the one who like showed up. Uh, and brought him the cover for his guitar and, oh, the, wow. and the strap and made made the cover, made the strap. And right, I think, right. if I remember correctly, I read it, like, he made it for, like, everybody in the band. He made, right. like, straps for everyone in the band. But he made that cover for Waylon and gave it to him as a gift. Right. And then, you know, Waylon wow. put in that, you know, that's, I mean, that's the huge signature is... I need a gift like that. If yeah, right. I want fans, <laughs> I want fans like that. They're like, hey, I, I, I make a Tiffany Crystal. And I thought I'd give you some of that or, you know, Michael, I mine diamonds. If you, uh, you know, bring it. yeah, sure, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Or I build, a, I build a, you know, vintage uh, guitar. Yeah, so, yeah. awesome. That'd yeah, be build awesome, a, yeah. A boutique, yeah, love that. <laughs> Anything like that. Um, now, I think I remember hearing a story about that place. I think uh, I'd heard that didn't Bobby Bear did, did Bobby Bear sign him to his first deal? You could be right. I, I, th- I, think, I think yeah, I think you're right. I feel like I, I, I heard yeah. something in an interview with Bobby Bear mm-hmm. where he said he flew down to Arizona to this club that Waylon mm-hmm. was playing and ended yeah. up signing him. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I forgot a lot from the book that I read, but it was so much fascinating oh, yeah. stuff in there. But that just like was so cool to me that he just like had a house gig for years down yeah. there, and like, and he had such a big draw and and had uh, you know, and I mean that's kind of like what me and you do, and you, you've done that, I've done that, uh, you know, I've done that in Kentucky, mm-hmm. a lot. you've done that here, where you just like you stick your feet in the sand long enough somewhere, and if I do that, then with time you just really develop yeah. this dedicated right, following. Right that just like appreciates you and shows yeah. up to your shows and there's like nothing better oh it's a great that. feeling you know, it's just awesome. great to have people that like genu- genuinely show Appreciate up to your gigs yeah. it's not just they just weren't there right right yeah when you, you play a gig and you know people are excited for you to come home yeah like that that's it yeah that's a great feeling yeah and now um, some other fascinating things that I love about Waylon um when he when he was in Nashville, there was like, um, well, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on some of the stuff now. There was like this club you hang out in Nashville all the time. It was like a, it was like some lady that was like in the business in there. Like there was like some kind of shadiness with her. They didn't really, but she was like something to be like. It was down like Music Row somewhere. But there was uh, there was an inter- interesting story in his book that jumped out at me. That this was like during, I think this was during the, like the getting off amphetamines mm. uh, years going on to cocaine right, right. you know like getting on <laughs> cocaine to kick to kick amphetamines which wow. is, is a it's a that's a way to do it I guess that's um, something but um, and this was once he was this was I think in the 70s once he was already you know uh, established and not struggling but you know but yeah. still have, I think it's I think this was like post outlaws and he said that he'd spent, he got obsessed with playing pinball. And there was this that. club, or it wasn't even a club, it was just like a little dive hall or it whatever went, it was, in uh, Nashville. And he said he spent, he just sat there, him and another guy, just played pinball like 
around the clock. Right. Like, those so fascinating. And he said, I think he said he calculated up. He was pretty sure he spent like $35,000 oh, in a year on that pinball machine. Like, just so Would have been easier just to buy it. I know, it would have been easier to buy it. But, you know, it's like, maybe it's just the, the fact of like, sure. the, the, the sure. feel of putting that quarter in there, whatever, you know, like, whatever like that. But I was just mm-hmm. like, so fascinating that you just... Uh, yeah. And I'd heard that story, too. I, I, that, yeah. yeah, because I think Bobby Bear said something about that, that there was a place that they all would hang out in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you never knew who would be coming in and out. Right. But it was, you know, always some singer guys or writers or whatever. And, yeah. and they said that Del Whalen was always on the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that story. Um, wow, wouldn't that have been something to walk in on that, you know? That'd be, that'd be crazy. I'd, <laughs> I'd be getting in just, like, walking a club. and I, I, guess I almost want to write it into some, like... Uh, uh, TV show or some kind of flashback thing be like be you know divey bar but they see the guy on pinball like hey that Waylon Jennings like it's not Waylon Jennings he's not here playing Waylon Jennings would be here playing pinball what's the matter with you and right. like, and, you know True. and then it really is him you know something like that well I, I speaking of that um, I think I was 19 I think it was 1989 or it might have been a little bit later but um, I had went with a bunch of friends to uh, Vegas for the National Finals Rodeo because we had tickets for, uh, well, I, two of us had tickets to see Clint Black. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and, I, and then I, the two of us that had tickets were, you know, country fans and the others were just friends of ours that went and they mm-hmm. didn't know anything about country. But we were walking through Bally's and it was packed in there. And this is this is back in the day when people still dressed up to go to the rodeo and everybody's dressed all, you know, mm-hmm. cowboyed up and it was awesome. And we're walking through this casino in Bally's and, uh, and from across the room, my eye just makes contact with this hair and I'm like, oh my God, that's George Jones. Nobody but me knows this. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody but me. And I said, and I, it came out of my mouth. I'm like, oh my God, that's George Jones. And all my friends are like, who's that? <laughs> and I'm like, the godfather of country music, hello. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, I'd be lying. I went straight over there. It was at a blackjack table. I just went straight over there. And I had hair down to here back then, blonde, yeah. blonde hair. And, and uh, he's sitting there. And, and he was supposed to, you know, I'd heard on Nashville Now that he had quit drinking at that point in time. Well, Judging by his eyes and the Jack and Coke that was sitting in front of him, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, uh, he was just sitting there playing blackjack. A couple of people at the table, and I don't think they even knew who he was, because yeah. I came walking up and and I said, "Mr. Jones," and he's like, "Yeah, son," uh, and, <laughs> and and people were like looking at me like, "How do you know this guy?" <laughs> you know, yeah, they're like, "How do you know that guy?" And, yeah. and I just said, "Can I take a picture with you?" And he said, "Sure," and. Uh, um, I still have that picture to this day, and I, it was just oh, that's it was awesome, just amazing because nobody knew but me. At least it felt like that way. That amazing. I think that's so fascinating. And that what year was that? What, what, well, it, what, I don't. Eighty nine. You said like eighty nine. Eighty nine or ninety one, somewhere in that area. That's before the big, you know, the big nineties explosion. Mm. The country became mainstream. Yeah. yeah. Like in eighty in the eighties, eighty nine. It was still like you know like me growing up. I'm sure you're growing mm-hmm. up like. Like country music was just like this huge thing. It's like oh my gosh, it's, right. it's like a big right. thing. But like to the rest of America, it was like 
It was hit. like this niche thing. Yeah. And and a hit country record back then was like gold. If you were you had a gold record back then, that was yeah. like yeah, yeah. woo. And now you know uh, nothing nothing short of platinum is even worth a nod. Exactly. But it's like back back then it wasn't mainstream and Nashville no. was such a smaller market, which I think is why uh, it's changed. Of course. And Nashville's not. Yeah. It's kind of abandoned its roots of, of country music because it's like, well, we we got to kind of keep up with the the financial aspect of trying to be yeah. mainstream. We're going to try and compete with L.A. and New York and be, you know, be just everything instead. Right. And uh, they've kind of abandoned uh, the roots of, of country music in Nashville in that way. And, you know, I get why they do it. It's unfortunate. But, um, but like, yeah, like, back, it's, it's amazing. Like, to some people like me and you like holy crap that's George Jones mm-hmm. but it was so not mainstream people were going to be right. you know like be that way well I mean I, you know I would have thought especially being that it was a national finals radio weekend or week there that there would have been more people that more, would have known him you would think because I mean you really can't get past George's hair yeah, I mean, he's got... He's got the major helmet hair, he's and got it's awesome. his own kind of... How does he get to, to do that? No, but... It looks like a... It looks like a... Uh, like one of those... Um, like a, like when a bluff on a mountain or something <laughs> kind of hangs over, and it's like it's got that... And when you look at his hair, yeah, yeah. it comes up like that. You could like fly... It looks sure. like the... It lo- it's like the opening on the uh, on the Death Star <laughs> when the Falcon yeah, yeah. Flaws that flies in underneath it. Like right. that could be George Jones' hair going on top, and then you, you could land a Millennium Falcon right awesome. underneath it's the awesome. overhang of his hair. I mean, like, yeah, how, do you, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah, how do you get it to go up yeah. straight out like that? I don't know how he does it, but it's, it was amazing. <laughs> maybe it was the booze. Maybe the booze well, maybe it gives you that lift or something you need in your hair. Maybe if, if you ever get a chance to read a book, though, read I, "And I Live to Tell the Story" by George Jones. Okay, so I haven't read his. Probably the best I book. I gotta read that one. Story-wise, of sto- him telling stories of things that happened. Yeah, it's scary. Really, some of the stuff that he went through. I mean, he was a full-blown alcoholic to the deepest extent mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know a lot of them are accounts uh, from people that worked with him so um, I mean it, it, like stories of uh, him taking a whole night's paycheck in cash and just throwing it on the toilet because he was pissed at somebody <laughs> yeah the band wasn't very happy about that but, I, bet, I bet not no you know at that that's, point in time like $35,000 down the toilet you know I was like okay deal. that's bananas yeah no well but I don't know Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, that's that's true. True. I guess or so. I mean, alcohol, I whatever it can be, yeah, can yeah. do to you. Uh, that's funny. I had a funny story um, back in uh, when I lived in when I first moved to Chicago. It's been like two thousand. <coughs> I was like working crummy jobs, trying to find a, a day job, and uh, I had taken this job with this company where you go out on the street and you harass people and they walk by they go hey would you like to save the lives of blah 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 or whatever like that something like sir you know you ask some you ask them yeah, some yeah. Uh, uh, question that guilts them into it hey sir do you hate people you know and it's like no I don't well then you have to stop and sign this thing you know hey do you want pe- children to die no right, you right. need to sign up for this or you know like whatever thing and so uh, and I sucked at that but I was like they had us out training us or whatever in the street and you're like trying to like get one or two donors a day right, or whatever right. that would sign up for a monthly whatever thing for some charity or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, good enough cause. But sure. um, I was not good at it. But I was like doing this like, maybe this would be a good job. But we were like downtown Michigan Avenue 
in Chicago, and they placed us like right in front of the Apple Store on Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it was the Chicago Marathon was that weekend. I think it was the next day after whatever. Right. And so it was like packed. We're like, yeah. And we're walking, and I'm like with some millennial type uh, kids. I was definitely the oldest one yeah. of the group. And we're walking through there. And all of a sudden, like, we're walking a group of people, and like David Lee Murphy, like, bumps right, it comes right wow. into it. Cool, long hair, and everything. Right. And I went, oh, oh my God, I like, figure out, I was like, right. David Lee. And they're like, what? And I was like, it's like a David Lee Murphy. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, never mind. Yeah. You don't even know that. It's kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> just like, on the bottle, just went right past us. Like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, great songwriter, great artist, David Lee Murphy. But that's, I mean, but that's anything. It's like, sure. You're, you're you're geek of that world or whatever. You know, it's like if I was hanging out with some comic book people or whatever, they'd be like, oh my God, that's so-and-so the voices. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what that is. But to that being well, that's going to be... And that, I, I, have, I have a story about that too. I mean, yeah. I, I was playing in Palm Springs and this is back in the early 80s with my rock band. We were playing at uh, the Marriott in Desert Springs and um, we got finished playing our first set and this, uh, mm-hmm. this really huge black guy comes uh, grab me and say hey I'd like to buy you a drink you guys are really good and he goes uh, you seem really cool I'd like to buy you a drink and he had a buddy with him too another really big white guy and they were sitting there and we talked for a little while and just bullshitting about mm-hmm. music and whatever and uh, so had a few drinks and then um, so like on breaks I'd kind of stop by and say hi and this and that and I noticed that a lot of people would walk up to him and, and, and both of them and, and were asking for autographs and it didn't register to me I didn't know anything and um Ended up, we hung out Friday, Saturday, and or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because they were there all nights. And uh, at the end of the night on Saturday, the guy and he, you know, he told me I, I didn't know his name. He just told me his name was LT. He just called me that. And I said, okay. So um, uh, at the end of the night on Saturday, he goes, hey man, I want you know, I had a great time hanging out with you. He goes, the reason I like you, because you don't know who the hell I am. <laughs> and I said, I, I don't. I, yeah. And I said I noticed people walking up and asking for autographs, but I don't uh-huh. I don't know who you are. And he goes, he goes that's that's cool. He goes I like that. Yeah. And uh, I said who who are you? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes uh, well I play on a football team, and um, and I still don't even know what team he played on, but it was his New York team. I know that. I don't know if it was the Jets or the the Giants. Bills. I I don't know. I don't but know. You football. said his name was LT. LT Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Oh man, like one of the best defensive players of all time. I'm not a sports You're guy. You're not a sports fan. I don't watch. Life. I don't watch sports. I mean, Lawrence Taylor's a huge guy. He's huge. huge yeah. Guy. Yeah. I have yeah. a picture of us together. Yeah. Oh, everybody cool. goes, "Oh, dude, that's LT." I'm like, "Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I don't know who what he did. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't mean anything no, to me." That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> he was just somebody that hung out with and drank with for the weekend, yeah. so it's kind of cool. Bet he could hold his own drinking. I bet. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, a big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, big guy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Lawrence yeah. Taylor's maybe maybe the best defensive. Football player that's yes. ever lived. I don't, I don't know. Like that. crazy. If you ever like watch, uh, vi- if you ever like just like YouTube Lawrence mm-hmm. Taylor and watch like best of clips, right. the way he just gets around a line and just like just sack a quarterback, it's just crazy. Right. He just like plow through a line. He was he was amazing. That's really cool. That. No. Yeah. Well, we did we did uh, 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 we did, when I was doing Million Dollar Quartet in Chicago, which the the Broadway musical yeah. about Sun Records, and. Uh, and we, it was cool because we get to do a lot of cool, fun things. Sure. They'd fly us out to, to place because to, the tour was launching then. Mm-hmm. So they would fly us out to promote the tour. So we'd, uh, we'd go all kinds of, we went to uh, Cincinnati one night or one day. And they're like, oh, are you going to play 
uh, you're gonna play like a few songs out on the lawn at the ballpark, and then you're gonna do the national anthem. And I was like, yeah. and we got there at um, to do the national anthem, and me and the guy that played Elvis, Brandon, he's from Louisiana, he's mm-hmm. a country boy like me. We about freak out, and every, all the rest of the group didn't know what in the heck we were freaking out about. And it's like, holy crap, we're doing the anthem, and here's Richard Petty with us. Yeah. And it was like, it's like it's Richard Petty, and we're like, <laughs> who's that guy? I was like. He's the best race car driver ever was, and he was just like the nicest guy. And it's right. so funny. It's so funny when you, uh, just, you know, just everybody's famous to somebody. Right. Yeah. Everybody's That's got thing. their own thing. Everybody's things. famous yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Uh, I was working uh, my handyman job recently, and uh, I was working for a guy. I could tell he was in the in- industry here in yeah, town, yeah. and his, and he was reading a script while I was replacing a ceiling fan, and um, and he was like, "You okay?" I was, yeah, I was taking the ceiling fan down, whatever, and he's. He's reading a script, and I was like, okay, well, he's something, he's an actor or whatever. Right, right. And I was like, what's, uh, I was like, yeah, besides, he's like, well, this short film or something, they want me to, this film they want me to do. And I was like, oh, you're an actor. He's like, well, I'm more of a voiceover guy. So, but now, because of my, who I am as a voiceover guy, like some people are like, want me to do these film projects, and I'm just a voiceover guy. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. And I was like, I'm wanting to get into voiceover, like character acting. He's like, that's what I do. I was like, well, you know, he's, I was like, well, who, who do He's like, Oh well, you um, you probably heard me. He's like I was Pinky on Pinky in the Brain, and like wow, and like and numerous other people, and right. I like looked him up afterwards, like insane. This guy's like right. one of the big. He's been you know Simpsons, that's uh, awesome. King, all the Animaniacs, all is like crazy great right, right. voiceover guy. Wow, and it was so cool, and he was just like you know like I was like oh. I was like this you know really cool it's like you know because I awesome. love voiceover stuff like that it's like I'm sure a lot of people would just like kill to be in your house right now uh, you know putting up a ceiling fan or whatever but, uh, <laughs> but you just never know <laughs> you never know who you're going to be right that's the cool thing with my, yeah. my my day job being a handyman here in LA it's like I just never know who, who yeah. the heck I'm going to work for I'll just like work for, and it's always I'll get I'll work for somebody and I'll be like something there's somebody something's going on here I'll like work for YouTube stars or right. something like that, or I'll work for. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Um, well, um, I can't say their name, but I was work. I've worked r- repeatedly here in the last uh, last month or so, real close by here mm. for a huge NBA star and his actress wife. Okay. And so I didn't have to sign a NDA thing to work at their house. Well, see, I, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know who you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So. But uh, uh, like you know, but stuff like that. But um. Yeah, but it's it's amazing uh, what stuff I do here in town. But it's cool because you meet a lot of cool people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was like installing something here, here somewhere here in Sherman Oaks, and I was working for like Annette Funicello's son, mm-hmm. and uh, and his dad was you know, uh, and so he was like he was like Disney royalty, like your your mom's right, right. Funicello, nice people. But yeah, it's it's cool. Like uh, as I'm saying, like being a country music. Uh, dork uh, like myself or like you like we, we just like get fascinated by people yeah and, and just other people ain't really care about or right or, or you know or that but but yeah um you know I uh when I uh I'm constantly in awe being here now that like Pete Anderson is just oh, yeah. down at the Moose Lodge oh no I go every time I'm in town and I'm like you know I'm just like and, and it's the thing it's like to me it's mind blowing because I might go to the Moose Lodge or go to Rancho or something yeah. and there's Pete Anderson and you know the few people there are there but like nobody else like whatever it's like this guy's a this is like Pete a guitar Anderson, god Grammy yeah. winning producer guitar man like maybe 
as responsible for Dwight Yoakam's success as oh. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, yeah. I say a lot of that's a very 50-50 thing of sure. the genius behind all those, yep. the instrumentation and the producing of those songs. Absolutely. And I was like, the dude's just a legend. And one of my favorite guitar players, him and John Jorgensen, my two oh, favorite yeah. Yeah. guitar John's players awesome of all time, yeah. and uh, to listen to. And, you know, and it's... Uh, it's and people don't you know I mean I guess they help you know but like but you just never know yeah like, and and you know. you know and Pete's like the nicest guy ever too he's just a cool great guy got yeah great story I mean and, I, yeah. I, I know you know a lot of the guys that play with him and, and they were they came through Dallas and we were there one time and um, I don't know if you know Jesper uh, yeah Trump, I know right? Jesper okay. yeah, yeah well Jesper was playing with him when they came through and Jesper played with me a lot and he uh, he had texted me a few days before and said, where are you guys playing at? Uh, I'm going to try and bring the guy, band out to come see you. And I'm like, I'm like, cool. So I told him, and, and uh, we were playing this really big club out in uh, Royce City. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know. It's weird in the summer, and, and you probably know this, but in the summer in the Midwest and maybe the South too, the clubs get kind of, quiet on the weekends because everybody goes to the lake so, yeah everybody's doing and it's, it's different because yeah. in the winter that's when everybody goes you know not mm -hmm. like here they go all the time but yeah. um so it was kind of a quiet night it was mm -hmm. it was a friday and it was like one of our first times to ever play this place and they showed up and pete was with them and uh you know and i, I said do you want to come up and play and he goes he goes uh yeah he goes I don't have to play any white, do I? <laughs> and I, said, I said, no, I, I know Pete. He told me yeah. before, I said, well, I wouldn't yeah. do that to you. <laughs> so uh, well. he, goes, he goes, hey, okay, I'll come up. And so he got up there on stage and we announced him, you know, and by the night, it's like, who the hell is this new band that's got Pete Anderson playing with them? They're, right. like, they're like, wow, they must yeah. be somebody. And I'm like, acting like we're all totally cool. Because we were. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. has Pete Anderson come up and play with them, you right. know? So, and it was it was awesome. And he and, and he did that. And then we went and saw their show on Sunday and stuff. But, uh, uh, um, here's one thing about getting old. You forget things really quick. Uh, <laughs> um, there, there's something in that story I wanted to say, but I, I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's just so nice to have to make connections like that around here especially mm -hmm. in a town where it's such a um, like I said it's very standoffish you know and yeah. for him to be so open mm -hmm. and it does your heart good thinking yeah. okay these people are like you know yeah he's cool. just such a great guy and I mean you know it's uh, you know I've I like I set in with him at Rancho couple months ago or whatever mm -hmm. and got up and got to sing and play guitar and that was just to me that was just like oh yeah the greatest thing in the world and you know he was and he was like he messaged me after that like hey thanks for getting up and singing i was like and i was like no thank you for let me play i was like you're you know i never thought in a million years when i was younger sure. i'd be playing on stage with you and he was like he was just like oh wow that means and he was like genuinely yeah, yeah. humbled by it. it's like you know he's just he's that down to earth he's not he's not yep. full of himself he's just no, like he's that genius, you know just that and i was like you know it's like you know, to him you don't know, but like, man, to me you're a hero. Right. You know? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've given him that whole speech too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, he actually before I moved to Texas, he uh, he gave me a list of clubs. Oh, he did, said yeah. check out nice. these people, and he goes, if nice. you mention my name, helps. He goes, do it. So, mm. um, cool. yeah, he was he was very good about that. I know what I was going to say is that I, I playing at Billy Bob's, we've opened up for almost almost everybody I've ever wanted to see that's still living and stuff like that I mean mm -hmm. just tons of bands and um, 
sometimes I, you know, when I'm sitting up on certain days and things aren't going mm-hmm. right, you get a little hurt. Yeah. So I'm sitting there working on my guitar pedal board because I don't know what's going wrong with it. And this isn't my forte because I'm not a guitar player anyway. I just buy a bunch of pedals because they look cool and they make yeah. cool sounds. <laughs> so I'm sitting here trying to figure out why everything's not working. And this guy comes up and goes, you having pedal problems? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just kind of look yeah, at him like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need you staring over at me while I'm trying to figure this <laughs> yeah. all out. You know, Anything I can help you with? I'm like, I don't think so. I'm all right. Just I'll do this. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, all right. Cool. He kind of mows it off. And there's Diamond Rio's guitar player. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Jimmy Olander. I love Jimmy Olander. I hadn't, oh, seen, man. Him. hadn't seen him in years. Didn't know didn't what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was just... Because Billy Bugs, I let people walk around during the day, so there's tourists always right. in there, you know. Sure, and yeah. people are like, hey, what time you start? Well, uh, there's a big sign up. I tells you what time you start. I mean, yeah. all the answers are there. Right. <laughs> and yeah. you can see we're setting up to do a sound check, mm-hmm. so we're probably not going to be having a lot of conversations mm-hmm. right now. And and I was just like, oh, my gosh, wow. And I got right. on the stage, I was like, wow, what a dick I was. Was so, that, that the band you opened up for that yeah. night? And you did, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I try and always mind my P's and Q's nowadays when I do that. Because you, you just never know. You never know if you yeah. don't, yeah. But it, it's, uh, it wouldn't be the first time I've stuck my foot in my mouth with stars, yeah. Oh, I've definitely done stars, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've definitely done that many times. But uh, <laughs> Good. Whew. Oh, you're not the only one. Uh, that'd be... <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Like Jimmy Owens, like a big brother. It's not broken, but you can do anything you want to. Right, right. Like, sure. Please, uh, I was yeah. the pad of it. If, you can, uh, if there's some way you can uh, configure my board, makes me play more like you. I don't think it's possible, but you know, yeah, do exactly. it anyway. Like and do those crazy cool bends you do. No but um, no, yeah, those oh, diamond reel, they're amazing. Such an underrated. Oh yeah. I say underrated, but like underappreciated. Sure. You know, like yeah. people don't. They don't get the the prestige. I mean, the harmonies. They, they, man, their harmonies are out of this uh, world and. Every one of them are phenomenal musicians. Right, it's right. not like some garage band. They're yeah, like all yeah. like session yeah. caliber musicians that are just yep. together. And I mean, uh, from what I from what I understood, they were they were the house band at Country Music USA in Opryland. Right, that's and right. At, at yeah, uh, yeah. Opryland uh, amusement park, and you know, up and I guess until the before they got their signed or whatever yeah. and somebody said hey let's make let's try and make them a, 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 a label artist or whatever mm-hmm. but like so they, they were just like the guys playing right you know playing at Country Music USA at the show in Opryland which was a Everybody great started somewhere you know? yeah and, and yeah that's just part of their story I'm sure but uh, did, yeah were you ever in Nashville before 1990 did you ever go to Opryland I have not been to Opryland I, I, I stayed at the hotel I did, uh, I did go out and Audition for, I think it was at the time Nashville Star a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah, Might have long. Been like uh, two thousand two. Oh or, yeah, or earlier, something like earlier. that. Something like yeah, that. Like yeah. The first year of Nashville Star was like two thousand one or two thousand two. Yeah. I went to the very first okay. Nashville Star because I, I was living there. Okay. I had just lived there. I think it was like two thousand two, and I was working at a bank, uh-huh. and uh, and people there knew I sang, and then somebody said. Somebody come in there that worked with Comcast. Right. And they go, well, they're Comcast doing some kind of contest today downtown. You'll go down there. And nobody knew the name of the show. What the right. What did I guess? I just went down there and right. auditioned or whatever and, you know, got... You know what? Stuff. It wasn't Nashville Star because it was... It, this would have had to have been in... It was late 80s, 
early 90s. It was, was some it other the, show like that, though. Was it the Charlie Daniels? No. Remember that show? I do remember, remember that. The Charlie Daniels? I do talent? remember that, yeah. That yeah. Was, it was like Star Search, but with a beard. Right. And right. Charlie <laughs> like, Ed, if Ed McMahon played a fiddle and had a beard, it'd be the Charlie Daniels Gosh. talent roundup or something it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, you were on, there's another show you were. It was some other show, and, and I can't remember the name of it. But when the Colgate Country Showdown. Uh, I, 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 I did that. I won that here. Yeah, you won, won that, that here, and then I went up to uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, with the band, and we uh, uh, played there. But we got to the hotel the night before, and we're sitting in the is that a casino, and we're sitting there, and the bands are slowly trickling in, you know. So we thought we'd just kind of hang out at the bar and meet everybody yeah. as they're coming in, and uh, this girl comes in with big talent walking in and yeah. she was kind of cute and I had looked over the guys in my band and I said if she's in a band we're not going to win <laughs> and uh, guess who won her oh, yes. she won right oh yeah she sure yeah. did and uh, guess who was the better band <laughs> yeah I'm sure yeah but anyway so uh, she uh, I, I don't think she she won that round I don't think she went any further than that but yeah. I ended up seeing her on one of those shows and she was the first one off yeah, she got up and played and was the first one off on the show that was on show. So I felt kind of indicated, but I mean, it's mean, oh, well, like mean to like think. One of those like Nashville Yeah, I think one of those were American Idol or something like or, that. You know, where some rock guy or, or some, I mean, some country guy like Brett Michaels was a judge. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> to think she was first actor on it. She got canned. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, it's weird how things kind of trickle around. It's a funny business. It's a funny it's business. A, it's a hilarious business. You yeah. just never know what's going to happen. No. With any of it. Um, so, yeah, but uh, if you never... Man, Opryland. I'll tell you about Opryland. So, if anybody else is listening, you know about Opryland. Opryland was this amazing thing that I think opened in 1970, mid-early 70s. Mm-hmm. And they built it, a music park, around the Opryland Hotel. And it's all like swampland around there. Yeah. And and so, what it, what it prided itself on being, and I mean, my, my grandparents bought season passes for everyone in the family and mm. my granddaddy would go like every Sunday because yeah. we were like in Glasgow Bowling Green we were like 45 minutes from Nashville it was like a 45 minute yeah. drive so like every Sunday my granddad would drive down to Opryland and go down there and Opryland had was renowned for the shows it had they had oh, yeah. I mean it was a music park so they had rides they had right, like right. and back then they didn't really have roller coasters they had like the Wabash Cannonball mm-hmm. which is like a one corkscrew roller coaster okay. or whatever and, and then later they had like a little kitty roller coaster and they, they got some bigger roller coasters mm-hmm. later on but at first they were just like like an old school like amusement park with merry-go-rounds and kitty rides and, right. and midway and stuff but they had the most stellar shows there. Yeah. They had the Country Music USA. If you go on YouTube and like uh, look up Country Music USA on YouTube, and see, you can see clips of the show. And it's like you know, it was like probably that you probably see Diamond Rio mm-hmm. playing there. And you'd have these song. It'd be like a best of. They come out. They go. Oh, this year we had big hits somewhere again. And they come out and they'd sing. They have like a bunch of guest singers sing. <laughs> awesome. And they'd come out and they'd have like a dozen people who were right. dancers. And they'd do like a dozen costume changes. Come out, do clogging routines, tumbling choreography, like the whole big like right. country music show thing. So they had that show, which was like four or five times a day. And they had another show. It was like bluegrass right. thing. And you'd see like Ricky Skaggs or whatever else like. Oh. Or Mike, you'd see Mike Snyder, yeah, yeah. Mike Snyder there like every day doing a bluegrass comedy right, show, right. Or whatever. And then you had, um, 
and then you had the Steamboat Show, which was like this this big like dance choreography singing thing. It was done on this stage that looked like a steamboat. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and, and the thing, and then they had another inside one that was like, like a Broadway show that was like, right. and this was like equity Broadway contracts. People that worked there were like people from Broadway that right, would right. work there wow. and do like these phenomenal uh, start stopping shows. And I mean, and that was what, it, there was no other amusement park like that that had right. like, that you, go, you go to like Six Five or something like that, you see some 70 year olds come out there singing bad karaoke, you know, like, yeah. you know, singing Country Girls Shake It For Me or whatever, you oh. know, but like, but like, Opryland was like top notch shows. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and there's a reason like Diamond Rio and there's a lot of other country singers that worked there and mm. they got record mm. deals. My grandfather was um, friends with, uh, several ladies that worked I think on the Steamboat show mm -hmm. and they got a record they were called The Girls Next Door Okay, and they had a they had one song it was like I don't know if it got made in the top four called Slow Boat to China and they were like but they were like uh, we followed them around everywhere my granddad was friends with, with all of them and so we followed them around everywhere when I was a kid go to their concerts and stuff and they were like, they were like, if the if designing women were singers, that's exactly <laughs> okay. what the group was. Right, you right. see, like uh, somewhere, I've got like a picture, like a eight by ten <laughs> glossy headshot of them, and I was like, is that designing women? It looks like designing women, but they were a, a, a four girl country band. Was KT Osmond in that band? No, but that was around the same time. Right. Okay. So it's like that same feel. Okay. They okay. Had, their songs were very much in the same. Uh, Ballpark. Okay. It was very like gotcha. very lush, beautiful female right. harmonies and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, that was like early mid eighties. You know, yeah, um, yeah, big thing like that. But man, Opryland was was something else. As a kid, it was just like it was it was amazing. You go there and as a kid, you just play the play the. But it was like this great thing, and they had the they had like the Grizzly River Rampage was like one of those tubes rides where you're all right, tube right. and you're guaranteed to get wet, and you go through this tunnel and there'd be a big grizzly bear there scream at you and, and all that stuff, and awesome. of course like you know Roy, I think you know Roy Acuff was a big person. Then you'd see him around walking mm -hmm. around Portland all the time. Like a lot of the stars would be there because it's like right next to the well yeah to the to the Opry. Uh, well, it was I, right next to Opry Hotel. Was right next to the new Grand Ole Opry House right. that was built all right. right there. Which I, I we'd see the show there. I remember when we went there and uh, uh, we went to have lunch at Cracker Barrel mm. across the street. Oh, that was and. Cool. I went outside, my grandmother and my mom was still inside, and I went outside, and I'm on the porch out there, and you know they have all those rocking chairs. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I, I look down, and this little man in the rocking chair whittling away, smoking his pipe. It's Grandpa Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Grandpa Jones just sitting there whittling. Freaking out. I'm right, freaking right, out. right. And this is, you know, this is way before cell phones, so nobody had cameras just readily accessible. Right. We didn't have one because we didn't think we were going to run anybody, anybody at lunch, you know. And, but that would have been the greatest picture ever. I mean, oh, to see Grandpa Jones. Yeah, because I could yeah. say, yeah, me and Grandpa Jones, you know. Yeah. Jones. Like the porch, yeah. Yeah. Eating a Goo Goo Cluster. Yeah, crazy. And, you know, like, yeah. But yeah, that was, was that like, was like, awesome. Jones, party of two. And like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> Grandpa. There you go. You should have just went right up to him and said... Hey, Grandpa, what's for supper? <laughs> don't, don't think it didn't go yeah, through no, my head. No, no, no. <laughs> that was actually the I, first thing that went through my I head. Wouldn't have I would have done it. I would, he, even if he'd have hated me, I'd, I'd have done it anyway. 
Addison, what's for supper, Grandpa? Uh, now, did you grow up on Hedaw? Did you watch Oh, Hedaw? yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they had that in Oklahoma, yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, they were just syndicated more or less in the South and Midwest. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just a natural progression for us after yeah. after watching the Buck Owens show for you mm-hmm. know so long. And, yeah. uh, uh, and, and Buck's show was great. It just didn't have comedy like Hee Haw, you know. Right. Yeah, he had great guests and, and uh, you know, I mean, you, you can't beat Don Rich's harmonies and, no. and guitar playing. I mean, Don Don Rich was, was the the the, uh, the first Pete Anderson. He was. He, he, he really was. He was he, like... Except he, was, he sang. Except <laughs> yeah. he sang and played the hell out of the fiddle. Yeah, yeah. The fiddle player. Yeah, no kidding. And is it, you know that, I mean, if you know that, like, Buck taught him how to play guitar. He didn't Oh, play, I didn't know that. He did not play guitar. No, when Buck found him wow. up in, like, Washington, I think he's from, like, Washington or Oregon, right. up that way, Buck had found him. And, like, Don was like this... Uh, kind of like sheltered uh, kid or I guess adult but sheltered kid who like lived at home with his mother his mother didn't let him go places didn't let didn't right. know, did one of those like one of those things where like the mother kind of overprotected of him right. he didn't go out and socialize he didn't suck up but I think he just sat at home and he played fiddle and was a killer <laughs> fiddle player and Buck found him and was playing with him and like and playing fiddle and then Buck pretty much just said to him, like if you can learn how to, I, you can learn how to play guitar. Right. Can use you a lot more. So, but taught Don how to play guitar initially, mm-hmm. and then and then Don just went, yeah, you know, I... went so much further, putting his own thing on it. Sure, sure. But like that was Buck. Buck pretty much uh, just got Don and basically just said, "Here, I need a yeah, guitar yeah. player." Damn. And you know, it's like, and so he just screamed, and uh, and I remember in 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 books Buck's book. You know, it was like Buck had to really like uh, sh- uh, campaign with his with Don's mom to let him go out on the road. Like right. she like didn't want him to go on the road. You know, right. he's like he's like, well, you know, I promise you, I'm going to take care of yours. You better take care of my son, and you know, stuff like that. And so it was like <laughs> Buck was like, if Buck hadn't come along, who knows what kind of life Don would have had? Well, he might yeah. have just been this sheltered kid who never got out. But because Buck, you know, is a uh, his uh, Don's right. mom. Gave Buck an opportunity to get out and said, oh, yeah, take care of him. And then yeah. Buck exposed Don to the world and his talent right, right. to the world. And they made the great music they did, you know, uh, such a great, great thing that Buck discovered um, Don that way. The, uh, you know, I, I told you the first time I played on stage when and the girls started screaming at school and stuff. And um, so uh, there's kind of a running theme here. I ended up stealing that band. <laughs> <laughs> and... Turned it, we turned ourselves into a, our own band. Yeah. And uh, the keyboard player in the band, the kid, he was a he was a year younger than me, and um, played keys and sang all right. And uh, we became really fast friends. And uh, uh, my mom was so big on it that she actually um, she actually went and bought a stand up piano, and we just she found it on like not the craigslist of the day but it was yeah. it, it oh, wasn't called craigslist but the newspaper yeah exactly right yeah. yeah so she found a, a piano for like i don't know 100 bucks or something and bought it and we put it in a truck and hauled it over to our garage so that we could rehearse in my garage yeah that's that's how cool my mom was and um anyway so he and i became friends and we were we're still great friends to this day but uh he was a year younger than me and when i got asked by my friend's brother just started playing in his club band when I was 16. My mom was like, cool. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and the guy's like, yeah, your keyboard player is pretty good too. We should get him. And I'm like, okay. Well, his mom wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. My mom even went over and talked to his mom to try and say, yeah. hey, look, these kids are good. You know, you should give them a chance to get out and play. And uh, she she wasn't doing it. She wasn't having it. But finally, uh, my friend's brother went over there and he's a smooth talking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a good looking guy too. And he went over there and started talking to him. Next thing you know, we're playing with him in clubs. And uh, that's... Uh, we, uh, you know, we did that for years, and we decided to move to California, and he moved out here with our guitar player uh, three months before I came out. And before I got here, he moved, went back. He had previously gone to uh, a little bit of college in Nashville. He went back to Nashville to finish out college. And um, anyway, to cut make a long story short, he, he's now uh, the keyword player in the Mavericks. And has been with them for oh, wow. thirty That's years. Killer. So yeah, wow. so uh, yeah, he went back to Nashville and ended up playing with Amy Grant and played with all tons of people and yeah. uh, uh, just kind of sideman stuff. And he did some solo stuff, but um, I remember he called me up and said, "Hey, I'm in this band called the Mavericks." And he goes, "We're coming through town." And this was 1980 or 90, yeah, something like that, maybe ninety. And he was like, "Hey, we're, we're playing uh, this little place and." El Toro and I, I'm like cool I'll come meet you you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, they had just had Water Cry and Shame was their hit was their hit that was out and, and so um, I'm like man and I got the album I'm like God, guys are great you know yeah. really great band and they've gone on to do a lot of great things and he's uh, you know he's now a full member and not just a side man anymore and That's so awesome. I talk to him all the time he, uh, he every time we were in town we get together and hang out so, but yeah, it's good to see good friends do stuff like that. You yeah, know? it is you good know? to see people get, uh, you, you were talking about earlier, um, you were talking about earlier about, uh, like having to get signed off to like playing clubs yeah. where you're underage. My, uh, when I was back in Kentucky, the first, uh, not the first band I was in, but the first band I put together mm-hmm. for myself, um, I had a drum, I can't remember who my drummer was that I couldn't, it didn't work out or whatever. But um, I played some jamborees, and uh, this guy I played with and his wife at the time, she played bass. And her son came out to hear me at what a show, and he was like 14, 15 at the time. Yeah. And he came up, and he's like, man, I really like what you're doing. You're really, really good. And he's like, you know, like I play drums. You ever need a drummer? You're like, let me know, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever. And, and so, like, I think it was like a month later or something happened. I was like, and I called him up. I was like, hey, you, you want to be my drummer? He's like, yeah, I will. I'll learn whatever you got to. I'll learn whatever you got to do. And I was like, your mom says you know says you're pretty good and all stuff like that. And so I got so I had to like, uh, I was in uh, Louisville, Elizabeth. I was in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He was in like uh, Scottsburg, Indiana. So it's like an hour and a half drive. Oof. And I drive drove up there and we like rehearsed in his attic, uh, the attic room of his house, Oof. one night before a gig. And Maytree learned all the t- tunes. And then we went down and. And, and then for, golly, for the next year and a half, I'd have to drive an hour up there and pick him because he didn't have a license. I'd pick him up, right. pick him up his drums, and uh, and go to all our gigs. But it was worth it. He was just a good guy. And awesome. he moved in with me later. Um, and we were roommates. And uh, and uh, was, was a great drummer and a uh, great kid. But when we were playing, uh, I don't know if we were playing in Louisville, we were playing Cody's, which was the big um, country dance hall in, in Louisville, Kentucky, up until early 2000s mm-hmm. and it got replaced by some downtown stuff but that was like the place all right. the big stars right. would come through there it had a huge dance floor it had like four or five other clubs attached to it we got some gigs playing coyotes um, 
and it was real, it was real cool for a country band to, be sure, yeah. to play coyotes. And so we were going in there. He was like 16, 17 years old, and we'd be backstage, you know, and they and they would give a big cooler of beer for the band right. or whatever. And of course, they you know they would they would mark his hands with big black X to come in and say, you know, you can't have none of that stuff. It's like. I was like, Aaron and Jay's like, yeah, I know that. And then I'd come back, like on a break, and the bouncers are back there, like, oh, you can have a beer, whatever. They'd just be like, just give it. He just, because yeah. he was such a smooth talk, they'd be just right, like, oh, right, we right. like you. And then here he is just sitting there getting drunk. It's like, damn, bouncers just giving him beers. I'm like, oh, good luck, whatever I'm going to do. It's like, like, what do you guys like? Who cares? They're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. They're going to tell we can't, we can't get in trouble. Yeah. I don't want to one up you here at all. Go no, please do. My guitar player that plays with me now in in, in uh, Dallas, um, he, um, I found him on Craigslist, which is a scary thing. You can't anyway, believe, yeah. yeah, yeah. I found him on, or he saw my ad on Craigslist that I placed in Dallas before I moved out there about three months before I moved to Dallas, and. You know, he, he really wanted to do the gig, and I, I could just feel that he had a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Well, the one caveat was that he lived in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. And where he lived to where we were going to be based at, it was three hours. Whew. So for three years, he's driven three hours one way, each, each way, every night, to play with us whenever we play. He's still doing that. For three years, he's been playing and drives three hours each for way. each gig. So six hours round trip total. Are there and some nights where he stays in town or something? Or yeah, you, once in a blue moon, but not very often. I think, really, he just drives I, think I could count on, well, between ten fingers, I can count maybe ten times he might have stayed. Wow, that's... Um, he, uh, he's like the post office, rain, sleet, snow, or hail. Yeah, well, and... Yeah. Um, that's I awesome. mean, I asked him, I said, why, why, why yeah. do you, I said, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And he goes, well, he goes, I just haven't found any bands that's good as you guys to play with. And wow, you know how flattering that is. Yeah. And, 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 um, God bless him. So, you know, he actually's helping us out of a tight spot this time. Cause when we play Vegas next week, I generally use either Bob or Anthony to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Well, Anthony's got a TV show to do in Canada with, uh, somebody and Bob's, got something to do somewhere else and so I, I just said you want, you want to go to Vegas he goes yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he's all excited about that so I'm glad I could you know bring him out and, and have, awesome. him, have him check that out you know yeah. so but uh, yeah what a, what what a great heart to even do that and, right I mean yeah because he doesn't have to you know and no. I tell him all the time you know you don't have to drive that far and he's nope uh, if he loves it uh, yeah you know, if he does love it, it's worth it to yeah. you know you gotta yeah. do that I, when I moved to I was living in Louisville and I moved to uh I dropped everything and, and I was playing music full time Louisville and I dropped everything and moved to Chicago to study improv and acting and comedy and stuff like that and I for uh, for about eight six eight weeks I'd drive up there every Sunday early Sunday morning do all my improv classes and I'd crash with my friends a couple right. nights and then drive back so it was like a five hour drive mm-hmm. every Sunday and you know people people in class they couldn't believe it they're like you yeah. drove five hours I was like yeah, because I want to be here. And I was like, you right, know, I was right. like, if this is something you really sure. love, you, you want to be there, you're going to do it yeah. and you're getting something out of it. You know, so it's, that's awesome that, uh, that he, uh, that, that shows that he really loves it. Yeah. He really does. dedicated and, and to shows, it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the kind of people you want to play with. That's the kind of people you want to have band. Cause yeah. it's like, you always know when you got like a, a hired gun in the band, it's like, if the yeah. money wasn't good or they had some other better gig or whatever, they wouldn't be here. And it's like, 
you know, it's like people got to work, and I'm all for people working. Yeah. yeah. I don't fault any anybody for taking the gigs, but sure. but there's something there's something magical about like having people that like want to be together, and I think right. that makes the music better. Oh yeah, it makes absolutely. The show better. There's there's a whole new level that, yeah, of, that of of what is on stage when it's a group of guys and girls that really want to be on stage are one, of one mind. They're like, we yeah. want to be doing what we're doing together. Not like, Oh, you know? I need that hundred dollars. Yeah. Know. So yeah. I was like, Oh, well, let's get through this gig. You know, like yeah. that it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And you, you can always tell too, by their playing of how much they've learned or how much they really want to do. Yeah. They're dedicated or, to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It makes a difference when, so. when they've showed up and learned, learned the parts. Uh, I, I've still, you know, I, I'm still like, Humbled every time if I get somebody to, to, to fill in or to the band that they will learn my songs mm -hmm. and they're my and, and then they sure. and they'll learn the little little nuance that sure. I'm like I'm like oh it's so great that it's they, always nice they yeah, learn yeah. that little thing they learn that specific bass line <laughs> right, that right, right. threaded over for days and they learned it or you know they or they yeah. learned that you know thing it's like it it makes a difference you know? it absolutely you can tell does people have done their homework yeah yeah we had a gig. We had a gig a few weeks ago or something, and we had a sub or something, and I think my bass player or something said, said, yeah, well, that person did their homework because they came right in this first time they right. played with us and and killed it. And like as, and they had only had like five days learning it, and the person said, man, that person did his homework. Like, he yeah. learned the song. Like, yep, they did. And I was like, that you appreciate that. And I've had right. people that had a month's notice and, and show up and I'm like you did not listen to these songs yeah, before anyway. you came to this gig oh, you no. did not and it's just it's yep. just so uh, it's aggravating it's just it's like insulting it's like it's just like really you don't care no more yeah. about me or this or music well yeah I mean you know I like our, my bass player Tommy um, he and I told so many drummers it's just like now knowing a song and uh, Knowing the song and uh, oh, learning the song and knowing the song are two different things. Mm -hmm. We all know songs. Yeah. Do you know? Do you, have you learned it? Do you, you know how to play it? it? Yeah. I mean, because just listening to it a couple of times is not the same thing. No. And um, yeah. And there's just it's it's, it's a bad disease. It runs no, around a lot. I've I've, I've been humbled by that a couple of times too. I was like, oh, I know the song, but then somehow I'll sit down with a guitar. And I'll go. I'll yeah. go. I never noticed that lick before. Uh -huh. I never noticed that. I never was like. I never noticed that little. I never noticed yeah. that little rhythm thing sure. on the background because sure. I never sat down to actually right. pick it out. And you go, oh, you're not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't pick that stuff out unless you actually sat down and said, I want right. to dissect this out and yeah. and do it. But to the songwriter or the producer of that of that song, they're gonna be like, oh, that person did yeah. that little thing yeah. that we put over right. there. Makes a difference. Yep. Because yeah. we hear all that stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, sure. we've learned a lot about uh, each other and, <laughs> yes, and about our music. I think it's time we, now we got to share some songs. One of your songs you wrote, My Old Friend Whiskey? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, as we were talking on a little bit ago about vices, um, mm -hmm. this kind of hits uh, alcohol, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, women, and uh, just <clears throat> those two basically. Those but are, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, one night, after coming home late at night and uh, hanging out with friends and drinking way too much, mm. I just stopped and thought, "Wow, you know, this is not not safe." Um, mm. So, uh, and uh, I just came up with the title, "My Old Friend Whiskey," because if it weren't for him, then you know, right. I wouldn't have made those bad decisions probably. And, and I, not that I've ever 
stop hanging out with whiskey. <laughs> it's just, uh, I limit it to times when I do it now. And, uh -huh. and plus it's a lot easier with uh, Uber and stuff if you choose to. Oh yeah. Of course, now that I'm older, I don't drink near as much as I used to anymore. But, um, uh, but yeah, so this is a song called My Old Friend Whiskey. It's uh, on my CD, my first CD, my only CD, which I need to get another one out. But yeah. um, uh, I was kind of waiting until I found the band in Texas. And mm -hmm. um, so hopefully it'll start soon. You know, so, um, so do I just play? Yeah. Oh, okay. Play for us. Uh, and play for us. like I said a moment ago, this is where I proved that I'm not a great guitar player. That's why I get yeah, good musicians. Right. So, and. Uh, Wow, I haven't played this in a long time. Let's see. You can do it. Thanks. And we can edit. We can yeah. edit. And we can edit. So. Awesome. <laughs> My old friend Whiskey kept me out late again last night. We were talking to girls and dancing to Merle. We started a big fight. When we had to leave, he said, I'll drive. Somehow we made it home alive. Gotta stop hanging out with you, Whiskey You're just no damn good for me I went on down to the wagon wheel To hear the country band I ordered me up a shot of Jack Ran in the favorite Well, before I knew it, we had a plan She never said a damn thing about her end Gotta stop hanging out with you, whiskey. You just know them good for me. Some people don't like the way I spend my life just running around. No matter how hard I try, I just can't settle down. Hanging out at the crazy horse, somebody asked me to sing some hang. Told the band I'd hit the stage just as soon as I fueled my tank. It was the sweetest sound that you ever heard till I got up there and forgot the words. I gotta stop hanging out with you, whiskey. It is known and good for me. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta stop hanging out with you, whiskey. It is no damn good for me. I gotta stop hanging out with you, whiskey. You're just no damn good for me. Ah, something like that. Yeah. I like it. There we go. I like it. Yeah. So that's uh, something I do. Thank you. I like that one. I want to hear one of yours. I haven't. Right. I'll get to do a lot. I'll see. You got here when I was leaving, so <laughs> yeah, I, I never I got, got to see right you. Yeah. I'm right on your coattails. <laughs> we'll do. Um, I'm gonna 
if I should do a, a new song or one I know. Well. <laughs> uh, trying to think. Uh, I'll do one that I know for sure. Okay. This, this, is all my, this is all my first CD. Okay. Since we were uh, talking about uh, 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 Waylon and, and, and Outlaw and, mm-hmm. and drinking too much and running around with women, this is one I wrote. Uh, Many years that I wrote, I was felt very Waylon-esque with it, and it's kind of like a thing about growing up and kind of can't uh, mess around anymore. Anyway, I was going through a breakup with a girl. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. I can't handle more of this. So, so this one's uh, called Old Damn Games. Okay. Should have left a month ago. too slow Cause you got me on a string Tired of doing the same old thing But now I'm strong and stepping out And I know without a doubt I'm gonna get ahead of you You want me to stay But all you do is play I'm too damn old to play these old damn games you wanna play. Cause I ain't looking for a toy. Wanna give me all that sexual joy. You know I've had all that. I used to be an alley cat. Now it's time to settle down. And I ain't trying to win no games. I've seen the light and I've had my fame. Pushing me away, I don't think I can stay. Cause I'm too damn old to play these old damn games you wanna play. You think you've got it all? Well, I admit I've had a ball. Cause you're such a pretty sight. All oh, but you ain't worth the fight. And you think you'll find a man Who'll give you more than I can Well, I hope that you do But you'll find out today That I ain't gonna stay Cause I'm too damn old to play These old damn games you wanna play Cause I ain't looking for a toy Wanna give me all that sexual joy Settle down. I ain't trying to win no games. I've seen the light and I've had my fame. But you're pushing me away. I don't think I can stay. Cause I'm too damn old to play these old damn games you wanna play. You'll find out today. I'm too damn old to play these old damn games you wanna play. Awesome. There you go. Okay, thank you. That's one way. We love doing that one live with the band. That's a cool song. I like it. It's definitely got the Waylon vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, fully. Waylon halftime thing to it.